I'm looking for similarities in the way troublemakers think. This is Steve St. Clair, co-founder of Trouble Group. Join us as we learn from others who are shaking things up. My next guest spent 15 years as a turnaround expert for private equity companies. But that was after key positions in many of the great companies of America. And along the way, he learned a lot about the importance of workplace culture. His current customers and pipeline are filled with people who knew him at those companies and are following him as either clients, employees, or fans to his new company, Provoso, a powerful data unification platform that delivers supply chain transparency in real time. It solves major issues in supply chain management. Phil Newmoyer is CEO of Provoso. He agreed to share his thoughts on building a winning culture into a company, as well as the five measurements he instills into every business he touches. And we'll be talking a lot about the nature of troublemakers. Welcome, Phil. Hey, Steve. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for for taking some time to do this. My pleasure. So let's start off with a little bit about your, your career path. Well, um, it's a bit unconventional uh, in that, uh, you know, when I got out of school, I, I uh, went to a small state school here in Pennsylvania and uh, got my hands dirty working in banking uh, in operations and became an operations. And that's what kind of drug me into technology. And, um, you know, that was of great interest to me. Uh, all those years. And after, you know, a lot of years in consulting in some of the big firms like um, PwC and Ernst & Young, uh, ended up going to work um, for a company that uh, was a big services company. When I got there, we were not so big, but over the seven years I was there, we built it up to, you know, through 30 acquisitions and, um you know, went public and became global. And I ran, you know, operations and technology of that company. And that's really kind of where I got my footing. And from there, um, you know, about 15 years or so, um, CIO, CTO roles, and uh, doing a lot of work, as you said, turnaround work, working with private equity companies to focus on, you know, very specific technology strategies to, help them uh, achieve the uh, the objectives that they were looking for in those companies. And it's a variety of conditions, you know, in terms of some of them were growth and some of them were, you know, restructuring and did a lot of work in uh, um, divestitures and restructuring and that sort of thing. So, Phil, what's happening generally in the software industry and specifically in the supply chain management sector? Well, you know, you, you certainly uh, can't, go an hour of the day without seeing somewhere, particularly on LinkedIn, where many of us look, and seeing that there is supply chain distress and supply chain disruption. I think a lot of that's been associated with the recent events of the last year and a half. But, you know, supply chain has been an evolving uh, space like any other over the years. It's just really critical on so many levels to our everyday lives and to businesses, because for any business that wants to create a product or even a service, you know, supply chain applies there as well. It's important that it performs at very, very high levels, or it can be, you know, really, really detrimental to your business. So today, where we're at, 
technology drives change and with technology and how it's evolved and the need to deliver performance using what's available now, it's it's a competitive differentiator on a scale that, you know, we here at Provoso believe like you really have never seen before. And, you know, what am I talking about? I'm talking about in the software industry, you know, what everybody's trying to deliver is real-time capabilities. And there are some who believe that is difficult or even impossible to do. But, you know, with the complexity that's out there and to deliver that on a global scale at massive scale, you know, with the data, customers expect it. So, you know, companies are forced to fill, you know, what we feel really feels an unmet need. And, you know, we formed Provoso with that in mind. We're filling that unmet need is that we actually come in and that's what we do. We connect your end-to-end supply chain uh, and create those real-time capabilities with our ability to connect to data sources across your entire supply chain internally and externally. And that's that's the challenging part, right? So anything outside your four walls, is, it's one challenge to connect to your internal systems. If you have suppliers in eight different platforms and you have product catalogs on 11 ERP systems, and we see that all the time with our customers, that's one challenge, but then you have suppliers downstream, tier one, tier two, tier three, you have quality labs, you have regulatory, you know, you have data that's not digitized, whether it be on forms from laboratories or spreadsheets that are sitting somewhere. I mean, we encounter all of this with our customers and that's the world we live in today. So what we found is that while there are so many solutions out there in the supply chain space, software solutions, and in the data space with the big cloud providers, uh, some of the other, you know, the big ETL providers. What we found is that with all the companies that we're working with and, you know, we see that these problems still aren't solved. So you have to step back and ask yourself the question, okay, with all this technology and these companies have made investments of millions and millions of dollars in these technologies, why are the problems still there? And that's the difference with us is that we, as, as former executives, as a CIO of, you know, 20 years, we go at it as if we're accountable to the executive team and the board. You know, we're not just another software company. We basically say, you know what, we have relationships here with this customer and we're committing to solving the problem. And that's a very different kind of software company. Yes, we're cloud we're a SaaS company. We're accountable to our investors for, you know, ratios that are expected for, you know, SaaS software companies. But we believe that committing to actual business outcomes when we implement our software as a service with our customers, we provide a quarterly report card that shows that when we commit to business outcomes, we actually deliver them. And in the software business, in the supply chain space right now, and the ability to unify data across all those and do it with advanced technologies. That's where we see it's a bit disruptive because we're also doing it at a price that's much less than all those tech companies and platforms that I was referring to. We we move quickly and we move at a uh, fraction of the cost. How can we do that? We do that because where we are today with technology, with uh, data science and advanced technologies and We've been able to build a service and a platform and an offering that has a cost structure that is really game-changing. And that's, that's why we formed Provoso. That's the opportunity. 
it just boggles the mind that some companies in this day and age are taking different approaches than what you just described. Because I, I can't imagine a single prospect out there saying, we're not interested in the outcome. We just want the software. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's that's just it. As a as a you know, a CIO all those years, I bought a lot of software, right? And for some big brands, you know, when I I was CIO at Toys R Us, you know, we had, had thousands of applications, and every day there were stacks of contracts on my desk to buy software. But you know, it was rare. It was you know, and obviously, you know, software is typically oversold in terms of its promises. And then once you sign the contract, you know, you'll get an integration team, but there are a few who commit to the actual business outcomes, right? They really are in the business to sell software and they leave it to others, either the SIs or their internal teams to actually figure out how we're going to improve our business and then who's accountable to actually deliver that. And we all know that too often it's missed expectations is what I call them. Well, as an executive, like a CIO that I was, I mean, you have to answer to the board and the, your peers on the executive team. You don't really have that luxury. I mean, when you look in the eyes of your chief operating officer or your head of merchandising and they need something, it's personal that you, you want to help them and you have to help them. You can't let them down. That's, that's how you, know, you build teams with people with that kind of character. And that's how we've formed Provoso. And that's exactly how we go to market with our customers. You know, I, I will tell you, Steve, that, you know, all of our entire customer base and pipeline are people that we know. You know, we, after, you know, each of us as leaders, my chief technology officer, Steve Danker, and my chief customer officer, Gene Roberts, you know, we have decades of experience of working with people and that's who we're out there trying to help. So it's personal for us. And that's another differentiator is that it's not a commodity transactional sale for us is that. We're in it for the for the distance to really uh, make sure that we're delivering exactly as they expect. So tell me about what's in the Provoso suite. There's five parts to it, right? Yeah, I mean the the product suite, and you know, and this is um, something that's several years in its uh, maturation process. The product's been around for quite a while, and you know, it began as an AI platform, and then grew into a much more robust, full cloud analytics platform. And uh, one of the things that, you know, we wanted to make sure is that it, it's as capable to scale on a massive s- scale in terms of ingesting data as anything that's out there. So all the big brands that you would want to list, all the cloud providers, the big tech companies, and, you know, there's that. And then there's really no data source that we haven't been able to connect to yet, which really, that's where it's really disruptive to the companies are spending millions on ETL tools. Now I've, and I'll get into the products in a moment, but I've had a couple of software companies, big ones contact me about, you know, we're doing a project and we have to do 150 custom interfaces. We really need to do that. And the answer is no, you don't you have to do some, but custom interfaces break. I have other companies that are talking to me about, you know, really big problems they're having because of interfaces breaking all the time. And that's just, it's really an approach that can be replaced with this modern approach. So that's how, you know, that's one of the capabilities we deliver with the platform, but our products basically focus on areas, you know, we have the, the Provoso core, which is where our data engine is, and that's where we ingest all the data and go through a whole 
a set of data management processes where we cleanse it and apply the data sciences and handle the data from our customers there. And then we have as well, Provoso supplier, Provoso product, Provoso customer, and Provoso solutions. And each of those have a set of capabilities that, yeah, we focus really on three categories of data. We can ingest data from you know, many different places, but our focus to drive the supply chain performance is the supplier product and customer. So when we say, well, why is that the focus? So to drive supply chain performance, and I'll go back to my example, you know, in Toys R Us, we were global and had tens of thousands of suppliers around the globe and had them across a dozen systems. And it was the same thing with product catalogs. And we have, we have clients, you know, that we're working with that have 30,000 suppliers and hundreds of factories around the globe. You can see the complexity. So without them, without all of that in the same place, it becomes impossible to manage your supply chain in terms of having raw materials in your factories, right place, right time, not getting caught with outages, shortages and all the way through your entire supply chain. So our product suite with the core of the supplier product customer and solutions brings together many, many dozens of uh, product capabilities onto a, you know, a very robust platform that, that enables us to, what does that do? Well, that enables us to go in and in just weeks have a customer up and running and connecting many, many data points and ingesting all that data. And we do it as a pilot approach because customers they're skeptical and I don't blame them. I would be too, but we work with our customers that in just, we just finished uh, a pilot. Then in three weeks, we're able to just sort of blow everybody away. We ingested a, and cleaned up a massive amount of data with billion. <laughs> the, uh, the, the calculations were in the billions in terms of. Wow. Yeah. It was really, really pretty amazing. It's a big, it's a big company too you know, with a very complex um, data, data set. So they had to be blown away. Yeah, that's, that's why they, uh, that was the exact, the exact words, actually, we'd really like to see what's, what is your black magic here? How are you doing this? But (laughs) I mean, this is, see, this is exactly why, you know, we formed Provoso because I, you know, even a few years ago, this capability was not available. I mean, it was probably four or five years ago. I spent, I was CIO for a big manufacturer uh, and CPG company. And, you know, we spent 10 million on an analytics platform that did not have any of this data science just to try and unify data from all these different sources. And we did it the traditional way with the data warehouse. And I had, I had an offshore team of, uh, you know, a dozen people that were cleaning, cleansing data. What we do now is we automate all that, right? And you do it, you do it with advanced learning and AI, and and even then it was it was the old-fashioned custom um, interfaces. And today, you know, it's it's a modern approach to this, and it has so many different implications. I mean, we're working with a big healthcare provider where app app rationalization is a massive undertaking for them, hundreds of applications. Wow. Yeah, and it ha- this offers uh, a number of opportunities. I've done that many times over the years, and it's very painful to do that and expensive. And when you have this kind of a capability available to you, you can 
You can change the speed at which you have to do that because you can unify data from different places and not have, you can make those data silos go away. And, and bottom line is the people inside your company and partners and customers can work with your company in a much better way, much faster. That's cool. Yeah. When you come in on an engagement and they get blown away, which of course they will, and then they start to work with you. And I'm not speaking of software here, but what's the user experience like with the Provozo team? Because you've, you've been on the other side of that table many times. Well, again, you know, one of the things when we set, when we set, uh, set out to, you know, look at how Provoso was going to be going to be different. <laughs> this is really personal to all of us is that, you know, we want it to be, it's not, you don't do these sort of things for just monetary reasons, right? You do them because you look back over your career and the things that are most fulfilling are those success stories where you were with a team of people and um, you made a difference. And when you had teams like that, there were no lines, right? You didn't know who worked for who. You don't care. You don't care what their titles were. It was just a team on a mission. And that's how we like to work with our customers is that first and foremost, you know, we list really good listeners and understand what the problems are for the company and the individuals that we're working with. So we're, you know, being very respectful for working with an individual, you listen, whether they're an executive or, or anybody in the company and how you can help them, you know, work with them to, to get that done. And then, you know, as part of our commitment to them, you know, we, uh, we, like I said, we, we make sure that in every case we commit to the actual, actual outcome and just working very closely with our customers and making sure it's an enjoyable experience. And we believe that'll be our biggest fuel for sales and growth. And I actually had somebody tell me that about a week ago, is that with the way we're approaching this and the product we have is that our word of mouth is going to be our biggest growth engine. And that's, that's what we were aiming to do. Everything you were just talking about goes to your core values as a company, which is, as I went through it, as we're getting to know each other before this, it really struck me how focused your core values are on people skills and commitment and outcomes and not just the software. The software is amazing, but it takes a lot more than that to make all this come together, right? That's right. Yeah. And I think that's just reflective of many, many years of experience, not just myself, but Steve and Gene as well, where choosing to be in business with the right people is where it starts who share those values. And that way it's infectious throughout your business and then throughout all the work you're doing with your customers. And then, you know, customers want to want to work with you because they, they like that and they want that in their business. It should be a very pleasant experience that drives these values. And, you know, for us, you know, obviously most companies have customer as, as a value, but, you know, we value performance, which is another way of just committing, you know, to a work ethic that gets the job done. And we, we like innovation as one of those values, trust, passion, and integrity. We, you know, give a lot of thought <laughs> to those as well. And we really wholeheartedly uh, embrace those as really being threaded through everything that we do, because we really think they're important to, being successful and really delivering outstanding uh, results for our customers. 
So now we're 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 still in the uh, cultural conversation here, which is what I find so interesting. Throughout this podcast, I've met several innovators who have amazingly disruptive product or services. What I've noticed very often is that's where the disruption stops. But with you, just going through the site, spending time with you in a previous call, it's filtered through your company. Uh, yeah, that's right. And that's, uh, again, sort of reflective of our experience. I, I actually, you know, the culture of our company is that, um, you know, it, when you use the word disruption, it, it's uh, obviously everybody wants that to be in a very positive context. But, you know, we, we aim to um, make a big difference and a big impact as quickly as possible, but do that at the speed that our, our customers are comfortable with, because I, you know, I'll be, I'll be honest with you, Steve has said, (laughs) I've had to dial myself back a couple of times because, you know, I, I'll go in and I'll talk to a customer and I'll see the opportunity to really, if I were, if I were in there working as, as an executive or a leader, I, and I know what our platform could do and our services could do. I want to move very quickly because the impact, you know, the, the, just the impact could really move quickly, but uh, you have to move in a, in a, at a speed that your customers are comfortable. But we, we believe that, you know, our approach, you're right, the, the product is disruptive at all those layers within the, the cloud space and the ETL space and the BI space because of the speed and cost at which we can move and the impact we have. But we also think we're disruptive in the software business a bit because of our approach. And while many software companies will say, will say that they focus on business outcomes, they don't actually right. commit to it. You know, actually sit with an executive of the company, look them in the eye and say, you have my word, right? And we'll put it in writing that, you know, we're going to give you this capability and this is what's going to happen to your numbers. And it's typically a consulting approach, but in the software business, you know, you have to be, you have, it's, it's not an easy thing to really marry the two together. Um, and you do that through, you know, relationships and trust, um, you know, and as somebody who was on the buy side, uh, as you know, Gene, Gene and Steve were as well, for so many years, you can, you know, we've sat in that seat, so we know what this means. You know, we know <laughs> what it means to be able to sit down with these business executives and understand the pressure they're feeling, what they have to get done with their business, and I think. You know, that that right there, because we, you know, you don't see that every day in the software business where where the leadership team was a buyer of that software for decades. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, because it's it really you do really see it through a different lens. And, you know, we set the plan with our customers. We embrace the accountability um, for those outcomes and. Their success is everything to us. We're entirely focused on on execution. Phil, you've had a lengthy career. And at this point, you probably could have done any number of things. So why Provoso? How did this come about? Well, you know, I've been thinking about this for a long time. Um, I think this is... You know, uh, I've been an entrepreneur in uh, other aspects of my life, and 
have done some other things uh, in the entrepreneur space and I've done a lot of growth work with, you know, the private, private equity companies over the years. Um, you know, this, this is really um, something that you know, just, it's very fulfilling to be able to build something and make a difference, you know, on a big scale. So I, you know, I, I did a lot of years of consulting and really, really enjoyed working, you know, I've uh, working with so many different companies and I have, I have countless friends today from all of that work and that carries over, you know, into a business like Provoso where we can be out and, um, really, um, work closely with people that, you know, we know very well and, and make some new friends and, and, uh, just make a difference with the, these folks and, and, uh, build a success story in Provoso. Um, and, uh, you know, that's really, that's really where we're at. And we think, you know, the focus of Provoso with all the investments in technology that companies have made, these problems still exist. They still have suppliers across all these different platforms. They can't see them. Uh, the biggest companies have all these problems and, and, when I ask the question, why is that still the case? You know, it's a really difficult thing to answer. So for us, we feel that we are addressing uh, a, a really significant unmet need. And, um, you know, we're, we're really having a really enjoying working with customers to show them that what uh people didn't think was, you know, was possible. It's now possible. And we can do that in just, just weeks. And that, that makes it enjoyable. That's fun. And I, you know, I, I looked at all of this when we were looking at how, how to attack this as a company and Provoso. And I, at the time I just thought, wow, that's something pretty special, you know, and that, you know, when you uh, launch uh, a company like this, you know, that is exactly where you want to be is to have a big impact and be able to make a big difference so are we troublemakers <laughs> maybe for some uh and you know it is it is disruptive but we think in a very very good way because we uh, are looking forward to you know really helping um helping many companies as proboso grows and continues its reach phil you mentioned the concept of a digital supply chain nervous system so the concept of a digital supply chain nervous system is is really something that it's not new to us. It's just that the ability to deliver it at scale now with really high performance is available because you can connect in all the data as you know, as I've described using the advanced learning and ingesting you know massive amounts of data um, across your your entire end to end supply chain. But the concept the concept of a nervous system is that, you know, in your own body's nervous system, it's constantly being monitored for events and it, and then it tells you what's happening real time. And that's, that's how supply chains need to operate today. Um, visibility is everything. It really drives critical capabilities and data is really the key to do that. Track and trace performance measures, the ability to, you know, have act, insights you can take action on real time. So if, if I have a factory in South America that's about to run out of wood to build pallets for, you know, something, 
uh, I need to know about that with enough time in advance, two weeks in advance versus knowing about it later. And, and that's still a big problem mm-hmm. for so many companies today. And all of that can be addressed, you know, by connecting into the data points, digitizing data that's not digital. We, we have customers, Steve, that are working from spreadsheets in Hong oh. Kong <laughs> and they're not on their systems here. And, and, you know, the difference is, you know, we can, we can move very, very quickly. So you could say, well, I should just put them on my ERP. Well, you got licensing, you have time, you got training, you know, this is a, an approach where you can do it. We automate that process where you can do it very quickly, little or no training. And it's just not, not on a cost scale that you encounter with many as other solutions. So it's another tool in the box and we're not out to displace BI or ETL tools, that is not the case. I mean, executives can decide, you know, how they want to manage their costs with hours available as part of their framework of options. But it is another option to move quicker and address things that can't be addressed today and, and use use advanced technologies to do it. I mean, the, the advanced learning capabilities with the tool sets today are really powerful and that's the that's the point i made about that wasn't available even a few years ago to do it that way and it's really disruptive even in the the data and analytics space yeah if companies aren't using it today it's already an issue for them you know it has to be you know ai and machine learning have to be pervasive throughout entire companies now and the faster they drive that you know the better things are going to be you said something back there in that that really struck me because I've been around a lot of software companies in my time and been, you know, out in the field with, with some salespeople and stuff and watching what they're doing. And the one thing that a lot of software companies forget, I think, is the amount of time that it's going to cost the customer to implement something. Right. So that's a, a yet another way for you to differentiate Provoso. Yeah, that is exactly, I mean, you know, our differentiation, you know, we sum it up in in three key things. And that is that it's the, it's a rapid implementation, the ease of adoption, it's very simple, little or no training. It's not the case with many of the BI tools that are out there. And we're at a a very low cost and we can deliver that because in our technology and as a service, uh, data unification as a service is a low cost st- structure, and the implementation part of that is, cap- you know, the capability there is is from the nature. You know, the product is built, and it's it's just the nature of it is you can deliver it very quickly with very little configuration and just start ingesting data. We just really the trick, you know, once we connect into the systems and we do that quickly, we've we've con- connected into systems in less than several days, some of our cases with, with our customers. You know, it's all about dynamic content today, not static. Streaming, streaming the data at speed, you know, and at scale mm-hmm. to create these actionable insights, you know, like the nervous system that I talked about. So you have, you know, real time, you can, you're walking around with your phone if you're a VP of support supply chain or merchandising and you're about to have a problem at a you know distribution center you want to know about it right away you have to know about it right away and there's just really no no reason not to operate that way today right and i would think that 
most companies should have learned that lesson during COVID. Yeah, I'm having I'm having conversations with customers that are having real problems getting materials to their factories. Right, you know, through COVID, it obviously has a big light shined on it right now. But and I talked to them. I said, "Well, tell me about how you manage your suppliers." Yeah, you know? and they're they're not only on different systems, but they're even in different companies. So sister companies who they could be working with their suppliers they should all be in one place. Like you should know, you should have in one place who all your suppliers are, the, the materials that they deliver to you have notifications coming, you know, real time on what's happening with all of them and have an ability to source materials through your business by seeing, you know, what those, what's happening with those suppliers, what they offer and getting those updates. And that that's just... It's just something for us that should be, it, it really should be just second nature to companies. I, I'm just a real believer and I'm not a big, I'm not a big fan of data silos. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I've done a lot of app rationalization over the years as a CIO, you know, really tried to drive, put in a lot of ERP, SAP and Oracle mm-hmm. and put in Workday and I put in a lot of Salesforce and whenever I did that, I would work with the executive team to, to either get as much as we could on one platform or, you know, have an integration layer that brought all the data together that we needed to. And we spent tens of millions in doing that. Well, that was in a time when this technology today was not available. Right. I would appro- I would approach it very differently today because I can move quicker at a much lower cost. And the speed at which you have to operate a business and deliver results requires that you you use what is available to you to compete. Yep. And the way you compete is is work smarter and faster. And all that money you're saving by using modern techniques, you then you can repurpose to other very important things that your business needs, like marketing and <laughs> yeah. advertising and growth, opening stores and whatever it might be. Phil, this was a great interview. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much, Steve. I really appreciate it. Again, I appreciate the time and look forward to working with you in the future going forward. Learn more about Phil Neumoyer and Provoso at provoso.com. You can also follow them on LinkedIn and Twitter. And I highly, highly recommend following Phil directly on LinkedIn. He's very active there and he's putting up really great stuff. This has been a Trouble Group podcast. Learn more about us at troublegroup.com. If you're a troublemaker and want to be on the podcast, email steve at troublegroup.com.